Boker Tov, everyone. Sorry for the slight delay. This week's Parsha is Korah. Excuse me. The Parsha begins Vaikach Korah Ben Yitzro Ben Kos Ben Levi. So, the word Vayikach, who did he take? What, what, is, what did he take here? It should say Vayamo, that he stood to, to make, make his speech. Or Vayorev, he's going to argue with Moshe. And the Torah here indicates a... Uh, great psychological idea that uh, applies to human beings we have said often the Torah says that Sefer told us Odom. this is the book of the humankind this is the book about people if it's a book about people it never is a book about perfection because people by their very existence are imperfect and they're different so what what did Moshe expect that the vote would be a hundred to nothing Moshe is well aware from the beginning that there's Dosan Baviram by the Jewish people that they don't want him he hears all the time he knows there's an Erev Rav and then the incident last week he knows that they don't want to go there to soil so uh, what is he so upset here what does he expect if you get the uh, 50.1% of the vote, you're the president. Even though half the country doesn't want you. And that's always been the system. David Amelech didn't have unanimous support. Shlomo at the end of his life certainly didn't have unanimous support. And throughout the ages, you know, Rashi, his own grandson, tells him, your parish isn't up to snuff. You have too much medrash and not enough pshat. How do you say that to Rashi? And uh, the Rambam, uh, they burn his books. which is a pretty strong indication that they didn't like him. And you go throughout all of Jewish history, all of the leaders of the Jewish people, till Beit Knesset on the sea. You don't have 100%. So what, what, what's the issue here? 
Moshe makes such a tumult. In Bria Yivra, you got to create a special creation that for Masabrashis, they have to be swallowed alive. And we cannot say that it's a personal peak of Moshe. Because Moshe is on of Moshe Moshe is not interested in his own honor here or in his own glory. Moshe tells them, Your complaints are not to me and Aro, your complaints are to God. What do you want from us? We're we're just standing here. So you have to look at this incident that the Torah describes for us and devotes uh, so much narrative to it as somehow being a definition as to the behavior of human beings. That's why the Torah concentrates on it so much. And the mice are ego. The golden calf, uh, yeah, we expect golden calves. We know that people uh, construct their own gods. We're not nervous about that. Even the daughters of Moab, we know, you know, men like women. We know what happens. We even understand, I don't want to go there to Israel. Yeah, I knew for, for whatever reasons that uh, were discussed last week. What's the rub here? What lies at the heart of this problem? So there, there's a uh, there are many many uh, different streams of thought amongst the Mephorshim as to how to look at this story. And uh, to complicate the story. At the end, the Torah tells us, Korach lo mesu. The descendants of Korach did not die. Like they were not participants. And in fact, uh, on Rosh Hashanah, before uh, the sounding of the shofar, we say, We're going to repeat the prayer of the descendants of Korach. What, what, why should we do that? Can't find in the 150 chapters of Tehillim uh, a fitting uh, psalm without bringing in Korach? So, in the great sophistication and subtlety that Torah always provides, there are many, many different ideas that are raised by the Mephorshim over the centuries here. And all of them are correct. But some of them are more applicable in some times than in other times. And some of them are more applicable to certain people than to other people. 
So Rashi says, What did he take? He took himself. We would say in the vernacular of English, he took himself very seriously. He had no sense of humor about himself. And therefore, that's why the Torah lists his lineage. You know who I am. Ben Yitzor, Ben Kos, Ben Levi. I'm royal blood. I'm the greatest. So, uh, my experience in life is that the greater the introduction to the speaker, uh, the uh, less you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> there was a time in America when it was sufficient to say, ladies and gentlemen, which today you can't say anymore either, <laughs> all of you, the President of the United States. That's it. You don't say uh, he got a PhD or you graduated, he was a senator, he was a governor, he won the election. You don't say any of that. The office itself, so to speak, speaks for itself. Now we find this same general tendency of... uh, thinking very highly of oneself to the extent that one feels superior to others and then when you feel superior to others eventually you feel superior to God himself because you know better we find that uh, we're going to have it in the, the parsha of Bolok, Bilam before Bilam gets going he says he tells you all of his titles. You know who's talking to you? I'm the great Bilam. So the Torah warns us about taking ourselves that seriously. Because when that happens, so naturally we resent the fact that we are not the uh, leader of the people, we are not the wealthiest, we're not, uh, not everybody listens to us, uh, we resent all of that. Because I'm so smart and I know exactly what to do. So what this is a... Uh, Chutzpah on your part not to do with what I want. And that's what Korach tells Moshe. Listen, Moshe. Everybody is holy. You say you're, you're the holiest? Everybody's holy. But who are you? And you're Ben Amram, 
And I, uh, I, you know, and you appoint your relatives. Who, who made you that? Who gave you that? Especially when in his heart's heart he feels that he could do a better job and that he should be the leader of the people. So Vayikach Korach, Korach took himself. The first step towards this degradation is taking yourself. And therefore, uh, the tragedy must ensue. It always does. Now, Rashi points out here, he quotes the famous Gemara, the Medrash. Korach Korach was a wise man. Now, there are people who are foolish. They're idiots. There's a bit of idiocy within each and every one of us. It's to the extent that we can control it and not express it. Well, yesterday, uh, I take a cab to the hospital every morning for the therapy. (laughs) I had a cab driver yesterday that was uh, an expert in every field of human endeavor. He was a diplomat, a politician, uh, an economist, a Torah scholar, and he insisted on sharing his wisdom with me. So one of the things that he said, he's the cab driver, remember. He says to me, you know, I'm blind in one eye. He's driving 100 uh, kilometers an hour. He tells me he's blind in one eye. You don't, you don't hear what you say. So, Korach was a pikeach, Rashi says. He was a smart man. He wasn't an idiot. And what made him do this stupid thing? So Rashi quotes the Medrash. He saw Beruach HaKodesh. He had Ruach HaKodesh. He had spiritual powers. Godly intuition. That Shemimenu Yetzei Shmuel Anovi. That his descendant would be the great prophet Shmuel. Who is equal to Moshe and Aaron? Moshe of Aaron, Bechoanov, Shmuel, Bechoreshmo. So he said to himself, If that's my grandchild, you can imagine who I am. I always tell the story about Aaron Shul, about our Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Alman, who should live and be well. So the Shul made a uh, Kiddush, in his honor, after he won the Nobel Prize, maybe 15 years ago, something like that. And so they asked me to say a few words. So I said, 
If Dr. Alman is of the caliber of the members of our shul, can you just imagine what the rabbi must be? <laughs> so how, that's, that's what Pikeach, that's what he, he said to himself. He made a kalvachomer for himself. If my grandson is Shmuel Anovi and my grandson is the equal of Moshe and Aaron, then certainly I'm, I'm entitled to more, to more than what I'm getting here. I certainly am in a higher state. So it's an interesting point that all the Mephoshim say, how did he have Ruach HaKadosh? He's such a... He's full of gava, of pride and hubris and arrogance. And What, what do you mean by Ruach HaKadosh? So the answer is that people often have Ruach HaKodesh and it has nothing to do with who they are or what they are. It's just it's a state of being. So from here we learn a great lesson that you do not live your life according to Ruach HaKodesh. You can get up in the morning and say, I had a dream and the Lord said to me, blah, 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 blah. So maybe, maybe yes, maybe no, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to put on film that morning. The Gemara tells us about the Melech, Chizkiyah Melech, king of Yehuda. So the Gemara says that he was such a great tzaddik there never had to be a rainbow because if you saw Chizkiyo you didn't need the rainbow to know that there was a God in the world and Chizkiyo the Gemara says he was of the caliber to be the Messiah himself So we have here a very great man. Probably after David and Shlomo, he's the greatest of the kings of Yehuda, if we can make any judgments. So the Tanakh tells us, the Novi Yishayo, Yishayo is his uncle. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It's his father-in-law. Yeshaya came to him and the king was ill. And the Navi told him, you're not going to get off this bed. And Chizkiyo was determined to live so he knew that the uh, uh, decree against him that he would pass away was because some sin he may have incurred so we asked him what happened well you know why so the Talmud teaches us 
that the uh, Yeshaya told him was because you never married and you don't have any children. So Chizkiyo said, do you know why I never married? Why I don't have children? Because I saw Baruch HaKodesh that the child that comes from me will be a great sinner. So I didn't want that. So I decided I wouldn't have any children. And Yeshaya answered him, Listen, my friend. Things that are hidden in heaven have nothing to do with you. You have mitzvahs to perform. You have halacha to cling to. You have earthly responsibilities. You don't live your life on Ruach HaKodesh. And there are people that have that idea that somehow they have Ruach HaKodesh. And that inspires them to do things. Now that's not to deny that there's no such thing as Ruach HaKodesh. Just the opposite, there is. But the lesson here is that we don't perform our lives according to mysteries, according to all sorts of ideas that we cannot control and that we, we really don't have any handle on them. And therefore, uh, for instance, in the history of the Jewish people, uh, one of the great debacles was that of Shapsai Tzvi, who in 1653 claimed to be the Messiah, and for five years they put up with him. And it's estimated that a third of the Jewish people followed him. And great rabbis followed him. And he based it all on Ruach HaKodesh. So with Ruach HaKodesh, he said, this Avera, we're going to cancel, we're going to cancel Tishabov, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. All on Ruach HaKodesh. Chazal tell us that the line between sanity and insanity is a very blurred one. It's not sharp. Because a person that is not sane isn't dealing really with reality. Though that person is convinced that his or her Behavior is the reality. That idea is the reality. So that's what happened to Korach. That's that's one of the ideas that what happened to him. He went off the rails because of the fact that uh, 
You know, he was so spiritual that he just. Once uh, a young man called me up uh, very late at night. I was in bed already. And he wants information about this young woman that he wants to date. It's like 12.30 at night. I'm not interested in his social life. <laughs> he asks all this, you know, the usual nonsensical questions that don't have anything to do with anything. And then at the end he says to me, uh, Rabbi, can I ask you one more thing? Is she spiritual? I said, I hope not. <laughs> Spiritual is dangerous, very dangerous. But it's very attractive, you see, in our world too, how attractive it is. How many uh, scandals, unfortunately, have occurred from people who are spiritual because they live to a different standard. And that's why Chazal say, how do we know that the descendants of Korach didn't die? So the Gemara says, they have like a castle uh, in the bowels of the earth. And from there emanates their cry, Moshe emet, v'toratho emet. Moshe was true. And his Torah was true, meaning that's the real life. In the real life, Moshe, you, know, you follow what Moshe says. And the Torah is true, because if you, uh, again, are determined to be Ruach uh, HaKodesh, then there can be great problems that occur. That's a hard lesson to learn. Last point, uh, just one more uh, idea that the Mephorshim, you know, there are, there are Mephorshim, I don't want to go into it because uh, it's a lecture you didn't pay for. Uh, that uh, some of the events that are recorded for us with Davroma Vinu, let's say, were dreams that Avram had. Not necessarily, you know, factual. He dreamt it. Now, that's a very dangerous uh, track. But that uh, was a, the great uh, dispute amongst the Mephorshim as to how far we can use allegory and how far we are bound to reality. But there is one, there, 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 there are a number of commentaries from very great people that say that the whole story of the Akedo was a dream. Because it's impossible that God would tell him to sacrifice his son. He dreamt the whole thing. 
because he dreamt it the way he dreamt, it became our schus, became our merit. But in the real world, the Torah governs. And the Torah does not allow you to sacrifice your child. So, underlying this story of Korach are these uh, underpinnings of uh, faith. Korach believed in himself. If you believe in yourself, you think you have Ruach HaKodesh. If you think you have Ruach HaKodesh, you don't have to do what the Torah tells you to do because you're smarter. You're greater. So even though Korach Pikeach even though he was this wise, smart, accomplished person, he committed this shtus, this foolish act, because the nature of human beings are, is that uh, foolishness uh, stalks all of us. And because of that, that's why the Torah goes into the detail and gives us an entire lineage, etc., so we can learn these lessons from it. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you for coming. Next week, uh, God willing, we'll be in business again.